Welcome back to the Full Tank with Phil podcast, the first ever podcast about gambling on NASCAR, and it is finally the championship race. We have made it to the last podcast of the season. It feels like the season has absolutely flown by, and we're doing things a little bit differently because it's the championship. Uh, Normally... I like to, you know, record my recap of the last race and then, you know, get into some of the outrights that I have and finishing position bets and that sort of thing. But because it's the championship and this is similar to what we did last year, I've got a guest with me for the whole episode. We're doing things um, in a different manner. And I think it's going to be a lot of fun. So this week on this final episode, we've got Derek Yoder at Picks by Plays, excuse me, Picks by Blaze joining me. And uh, a little tidbit, a little bit more fun here is that Derek is in Phoenix. He's our boots on the ground. We're early in the week right now. And Derek is out there right now so why don't we just go ahead and welcome derek onto the podcast you have me out there derek in phoenix i do yeah thanks phil thanks for having me on like you said i'm boots on the ground live uh in phoenix right now so yeah appreciate you having me on absolutely we did this last year for phoenix and had a lot of fun so figured why not run it back um we could talk towards the end i think about the successful year that we've had overall, but um want to give a, a quick preview to the episode, what we're going to be talking about here together. First, we're going to talk about what you're going on in Phoenix, what you have this week lined up, what your plans are, and I'm sure leading up to the, the race itself, but we'll, we'll talk to you about that. Then we will get into some Martinsville madness. We're going to look back and, kind of discuss i haven't really had a chance to talk to anyone uh about that like in person recording or otherwise so uh got to get into martinsville all the craziness that unfolded with christopher bell chastain everything in between and then we'll move on to phoenix we'll talk about the track stats as always and then we'll give a breakdown of the final four drivers we'll go through the resume for each driver from this season and just talk about the thoughts on each one as we go down and then we'll open it up to kind of a free reign conversation around bets whether it's on them or any of the other stuff that we have going on we'll of course talk about some head-to-head some top tens any drivers to watch out there i've got a few Um, i think there's money to be made this week in phoenix so we'll get to that conversation for the the cup race and then to kind of cap things off got a Trying something new. We did not do this last year, but I am kind of excited for this. Um, with Derek here with me, 
we're going to be getting into a championship driver draft. So I was trying to think about how we could talk about all three series and went back and kind of looked at my notes from last year's episode. And we did spend, you know, time talking about Xfinity and trucks. Um, the way that I wanted to do it this year was we're taking all four drivers from all three series. So 12 drivers, we're throwing them in a bucket. They are in the draft pool and we are going to draft all 12 of them. And it's going to be Derek versus myself. And the way uh, that it's going to pan out, we're going to have six drivers each. And then, uh, you know, cumulative average finish is going to win us uh, the money, whatever we put up here. So we'll get into a little bit more about that, but that's going to be our segue into some of the lower series Xfinity and trucks. Cause you know, we love, especially the trucks um, definitely have some thoughts on that stuff. So we'll, we'll draft those guys, talk about why we like them and, and that'll be kind of how we round out the episode. So I'm looking forward to that for sure. Um, that'll be later on. So let's start with your plans, Derek. You are in Phoenix as we established. What? How long ago did you know you were going to be going to Phoenix? And also, I knew that you were going to be down there probably a couple of weeks ago. I, I heard you say it on the uh, Wednesday night Twitter Spaces show that you host every Wednesday night uh, that I'm a part of. But how did you establish that you're going to be down there for a whole week? That is like you know, some, some bucket list stuff right there. Yeah. So uh, it, it kind of came together. Uh, I don't want to say last minute, but in the last couple of weeks. So uh, everything kind of came together nicely and um, you know, flights out uh, base where we're at, we're out on uh, the Monday uh, prior. So uh, figured why not just take some time to come out here Um uh, you know, it's been a it's been a lot of fun. Played some golf today. Uh, Chris Wormy, you know, guy that's very familiar now to the uh, NASCAR gambling space. Uh, you know, been hanging out with him a little bit, and uh, it's been it's been a lot of fun. I mean, it's been um, it's really been a great time of just kind of seeing the area. I've been out here once before, but now going to the race uh, tomorrow, Wednesday, I should say, for the NASCAR betting preview show. It'll be live on location from the NASCAR media center. Uh, so I'm so pumped to be able to be uh, recording the show uh, from there. We're going to have Todd, Todd Furman on. And uh, yeah, so my, my juices right now for the uh, NASCAR gambling space are at an all time high. Uh, so being out the track tomorrow or Wednesday, it's going to be a lot of fun. So just enjoying the warm weather while I can. Absolutely. So Definitely want to look forward to that. If you're listening to this uh, before Wednesday night at 8 p.m. Eastern time, please join us. I'll be on there as well with with Derek and Todd and uh, the rest of the guys who are usually on that show. Join us and, and jump into the conversation because it's always fun. But if it's past that point, you can always go back and listen to the the replay. We've been getting a lot of replays recently, some really um, high numbers, and that show is really taking off. So, very awesome that you're able to record that from the NASCAR Media Center. That I'm I'm super yeah. jealous. I, I got to thank uh, Phoenix Raceway and and a couple of the contacts out there that just have been phenomenal and easy to work with. Um, they understand the importance of what we're doing and the show. And like you said, the last two weeks specifically have been the uh, most viewed weeks. Uh, last week you hosted the show uh, while I was out uh, a little bit. So I really appreciated that. And 
Uh, we're just going to continue the momentum. I know it's sad that it's the last week, but we're going to end on a high note. And uh, like I said, being able to record from the track and uh, kind of getting a pulse for, you know, the, the not only the media center, but the, the camp area and, and all that's going to be a good time. So uh, really excited. So that takes us through Wednesday, but then you got Thursday through, you know, Sunday, I guess. I assume you're going to all three races or is that a bad assumption? Yeah, no, that's the plan. Um, I have uh, passes to each of the races. So the plan is to be at attend each one. Um, but definitely, you know, gambling comes first. So I'm looking forward to kind of being able to set up shop and, and see how the you know, different line movements and, and kind of get ready for each one. So yeah, play a little bit more golf out here and uh, enjoy the sunshine before I go back home where it's a little cooler. And, uh, but yeah, Friday, I mean, we got stuff going on all week. Uh, Thursday, there's truck practice Friday, there's uh truck and then Saturday Xfinity cup on Sunday uh, practice for all three series uh, as well. So it's going to be a very busy time. It's going to happen fast, but uh, really looking forward to the next few days. It's gonna, it's gonna come. It's it's gonna happen quick. Well, um, I, I want to put this out there for the record. I, I need you to potentially do me a favor on Thursday, Friday. I think we talked about this for for Charlotte, but they didn't have it. Truck swag. If you see any truck swag out there, you send me a text. I'll Venmo you whatever I need to at that moment. Um. You know, there might I, be we might be able to get some uh, KBM swag uh, with them closing their <laughs> some uh, discounts to their doors. Yeah. For Toyota. So uh, there might be something out there. I, uh, if, Like I said last time and I'll do it again. If I see anything, I'm I'm snagging it for sure. So <laughs> that's right. I'll get you a little little, little present for the uh, the winter month. There we go. So let's move to Martinsville. Um, obviously, we had a, a lot unfolding at Martinsville. There were a lot of different storylines heading into the race. I think the biggest one was, will they be able to pass? Like, is that something that we're going to see or is it going to be like the spring race? And I was pleasantly surprised uh, that they were maybe not necessarily able to pass, but we saw enough tire wear where they got, you know, a little loose and it came into the driver's hands late in the run. And that right there early on in the race was like, okay, you know, let's, let's keep this going and and we'll see how this shakes out because it's not going to be like it was in the spring. Um, so before we talk about the specific drivers, I just wanted to ask you like about your take on the race, um, good, bad, ugly, you know, anything that you didn't expect? Like, what were your thoughts overall before the craziness? Like, what was your, like, mentality heading into maybe, like, the last 30 laps about satisfaction level of the race? Yeah, so, I mean, uh, when we were able to see practice, uh, it was evident that they were able to lay a little bit more rubber onto the track. I mean, the, the track rubbered in pretty good. Uh, it was really interesting. Practice was an interesting session to watch because uh, that first group um they were so much quicker but the, for good reason uh, you know they had a green track they had a green surface so that second group you know even the commentators were even commenting about it and being it's a lot slower because that that uh grip is you know the tire 
uh, traction is worn down on it. And um, it was interesting seeing who was in that group. Uh, I kind of thought Hamlin would be good. I thought Bell would be good, even starting 20th. And, you know, those were two names right from there. I was like, I'm going to keep my eye on them. So I thought um, I thought it was a good race. Um, you know, it, it's Martinsville now with these guys being able to kind of all drive the same. Uh, they're, they're all shifting the same times. Their speeds are pretty much the same. So if you're not gambling on it, I can definitely understand why it would be uh, boring. But from a gambling perspective, uh, it was a really good it was a really good day. And I uh, was really happy to see Elliot, Hamlin, Bell all do well. Yeah, it's a really good point. I mean, I think if you didn't have money on the race in some way, after they came out of the, uh, you know, a pit stop, whether it was under caution or, you know, green flag uh, stop and they, they came around, I, I felt like you could probably just like run to the bathroom, you know, grab something to eat because there wasn't going to be much action uh, until you got, you know, somewhere and you started seeing some guys, you know, slip and and fall back a little bit. So, um, yeah, that is a good point. But having money on the race just makes everything more fun. So we get into the specifics now. The start of, you know, the beginning of the end was really, uh, I would say, Chase Briscoe staying out. And I was in a interesting situation um, where I was cheering. Christopher Bell had jumped up and he was leading a lot of laps. Ryan Blaney at one point was like really hunting him down. And in my world, and I'll talk about these bets probably later on, but I, you know, had, I called out Blaney as a 40 to one shot to win the championship, called him out to win the race. I have Penske's over, you know, I need one more Penske driver. Um, and I also have Tyler Reddick beating Christopher Bell in head-to-head matchup. So I, it was a lot on the line for me. It, obviously, Bell won. That stuff didn't work out for me. But I'm cheering for Blaney to catch him. The caution comes out, and I'm screaming at my TV, like, I hope they keep Blaney out. Like, keep him out. You know, he's got enough to get to the end. They all come in except Chase Briscoe. And I'm like, wow, you know, Briscoe's going to do it. He's going to make them all look silly. And I give them so much credit because they they weren't going to advance to Phoenix any other way. Um, they stayed out and they held their own for a little bit, but it was just a little bit too much. Uh, Christopher Bell was able to regain the lead and, you know, he, he deserved to win that race. Um, I'm happy for Christopher Bell, you know, with all my bets aside um i think that what he's done is unbelievable um i don't i didn't see the one thing i was looking to see was bubba wallace uh bubba wallace should be going up hugging his ass uh quite tight because what he did to him at vegas was you know pretty ridiculous um so i was happy to see bell kind of overcome all of that stuff that wasn't his fault and, you know, he's a good young driver to infuse some some new blood into the sport. Um, so thoughts on Bell and I guess the the Briscoe play as well. Like, did you think he had enough to to get it done? Like what was going through your mind there? Yeah. So, Bell, uh, like you said, and I didn't even think of that, you know, with uh, Bubba, uh, you know, getting into him, obviously, with the whole Larson Bubba 
uh, at Vegas and him being a part of that. I didn't even think of that. Um, I knew he needed a, it was a must win. So he, it was a must win situation to advance and he wanted the Roval off strategy. And then it was a must win situation. And again, strategy came into play uh, with Martinsville. An interesting fact, you mentioned Briscoe. Uh, but team orders, Cole Custer also started outside. So they were doing everything that they can to have, uh, you know, Briscoe get away from the field uh, on older tires. He held them off for a good bit, but it was just too much uh, with those fresh tires for uh, Bell. But, um, you know, it was interesting. You mentioned Blaney as well. Blaney was a guy I did not have any investments in. Um, so I was kind of shitting my pants a little bit thinking, Oh boy, he might win, and I don't have anything on him because uh, I was invested in Hamlin, Elliott, and uh, uh, Bell. So it was uh, it was interesting seeing him up there. And then when the caution came out, and knowing crap, if clean airs everything, and Briscoe's able to get out to a lead, he could absolutely win this thing and just flip the whole thing on its head. So uh, it was fascinating. That that part of it was really good strategy. Yeah, it was interesting that, you know, they always have the ticker, you know, on the left-hand side showing you who's in, who's out. And it was interesting that it was consistently, like, guys who were way outside the the cutoff line beforehand. It was Bell and it was Briscoe, and if it wasn't them, it was Blaney. So it was always going to bump one of the big, you know, four or five guys, which was interesting because if one of those guys, you know, if Bell doesn't win the race, Hamlin easily advances. Um, but Hamlin did not because of the next biggest thing that happened in the weekend. Th- this was the biggest thing. It's viral all over social media. It's getting national attention. And it was Ross Chastain. So if you're living under a rock, Ross Chastain pulled a move that, I mean, we talked about it on the the back road with, uh, with Seth and Rod and Elliot. Um, this is a core memory for NASCAR fans. It has to be Um, passing the grass and this, like this is something that we will always remember because going into the final lap at Martinsville, Chastain was out. He was two spots behind. He got the word going down the backstretch that he, he needed to make up two points and he threw it into fifth gear and rode the wall just like a video game. Like I always buy the NASCAR video games and I get, you know, shit on because I can't play online because I'm, I'm horrible. Um, and I always am riding the wall and, you know, I play against like whoever, if somebody wants to come over and we play, it's like, it's just faster to do this. And, and you just look like an idiot. He did it in real life. And it was just crazy how right away they're saying like, yeah, it was a video game move. He said it was a video game move. He passes enough cars, including Denny Hamlin right at the end to make it into the final four. Just truly a remarkable moment. And so I had him top five uh, as well as an outright, but the top five, he sneaks into the top five with that as well. Um, unbelievable hit there. Uh, you had him as a top five. Yeah, I had him as a top five. I, I, had, I, was, I had Denny Hamlin as a top five. <laughs> well, so what did they finish? I think it was four or five, right? So they both hit, right? Yeah. So well, ultimately, yeah. So, yeah, I mean, it's just a wild way. And there were everyone's talking about how there were so many things that could have gone wrong and it didn't, making it a miracle. We could talk about more about it here, but initial 
initial thoughts that you had when you saw what went down? My jaw is still on the ground. I still can't believe it. I mean, it was one of those moments, like you said, it's a core memory or, you know, it's a moment that I, I will probably always remember where I was when I witnessed that. And our guy, Rory Pick, who was down at the, uh, the race, NASCAR uh, gave him some hookups to be down there. He was sitting in turn four. And I mean, he was like going crazy. So it was just one of those wild things. And, and from a marketing standpoint, because now you got the championship this week and, you know, NASCAR is so difficult to even compete with the NFL uh, when we're racing on Sunday and the NFL's full swing on uh, Sunday as well. But this was like so viral. Big Cat from Barstool Sports was tweeting it out. Pat McAfee was tweeting it out. I mean, it was like everybody was talking about it that needed to be talking about it. So um, if this doesn't move the needle in a, in a positive way, and I think shows like yours, uh, mine, Stay Green Pod, like Lane Coin, like all those shows, I think you're going to see an uptick because people are kind of curious what people have to say about NASCAR, what that moves, Ross Chastain, championship. So I think it's just positive all around for everybody. Yeah, 100%. I mean, the I definitely saw when, when things like that go viral, you definitely see more eyes on the sport. And this is for the, the Daytona, you know, million-dollar parlays that happened there with the rain – got upticks from that race. And I, I kind of saw that as maybe like a little bit more of a negative. Cause like that stuff happened because of something that wasn't great um, with the, the guys wrecking under, you know, green rain. Um, this is unbelievable. Like this is somebody doing it, going balls to the walls and who can't relate to that. Like in stick and ball sports, like you want your teams going all in Ross under his own, decision it wasn't like they had this plan or anything this guy just pulled this out of his hat and made it work and that's the type of stuff that people relate to so you know it's very much marketable um the the garage right he went into that race with a lot of people you know kind of swearing they would get him back he was high-fiving other teams as he was, you know, driving down the the pit lane and, you know, he said when he got out, people kept coming up to him. He flipped the mentality around him and the aura around him. Like he's no longer the guy who just like wrecks people. He was quiet this half of the season and really started to, you know, take his medicine and learn a little bit. And that move, I think, changed everybody's perception of him. Like when was the last time you could remember seeing anyone like just like run out and high five, like another driver? Like, it was crazy. So Ross Chastain deserves all the credit and all the new fans. He no doubt gained from that move. Like there's, there's nothing, nothing negative. You can say about it, even though some drivers did try to make it negative. Yeah. No, I, I, I know. I mean, it's just one of those things where uh, there, there's a uh, video clip going around where somebody thinks all the, uh, in-car audios together, just numerous ones, uh, Bubba's, Joey's, Denny's, uh, I know Chase and Chase Briscoe, so Elliot and Briscoe, and it's just amazing. Everybody's the same thing. Like, they can't believe what they witnessed, and they're so impressed where a competitor went balls to the wall to get that job done. I mean, he accelerated off of, in the middle of turn two, through the start-finish line, which was and absolutely incredible. He was nowhere close to any car. Like, that's the other part where it's like, you weren't even, 
you couldn't even sniff a championship. Can you imagine uh, what Denny Hamlin must have been thinking, knowing this dude is 16 cars back, and he's like, I got this as long as I don't just spin out somehow. And then all of a sudden you hear he's 16 cars back, outside, outside, and he passed you. Like, Denny must have been like, the hell are you talking about? This guy's only my outside. So just crazy. I mean, it's just crazy all around to think about that move. And it shows that he, and we saw it at Indy when he was willing to do whatever it took. He wanted to miss the melee that would potentially happen uh, in that, in that uh, right-hander in turn one at uh, IMS and went and took the access road and then came out, had the lead, fought with Reddick. So we've seen him be very creative. Uh, we saw Larson then do the same move at Darlington. We saw Sheldon Creed do it this year uh, at Darlington. Both did not pay out or work uh, in their favor, but Larson at Martinsville got it done. So I'm sorry, Chastain at Martinsville got it done. So fascinating. I, I can't believe it. Yeah. And, and, you know, speaking of Larson, like he was somebody trying to be negative Nancy about it, saying like, this isn't right. Very confusing take, in my opinion, uh, from someone who tried it. Um, why wouldn't you want something like this in the sport? Why wouldn't you want something like this going viral? Why uh, just a very bizarre take, uh, especially from someone like him. Uh, so there was a lot of talk, you know, obviously the next day, NASCAR radio, oh, they're going to outlaw this. They, you know, blah, 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 blah. I think that's all fodder. I think this is a one in a million situation. And if guys want to try that again in the future, great. Like, you know, no one, the chances of being able to pull that exact thing off again are, are a million to one. So um, props to Ross and, and that team and, and props to everybody out there. I know we've got a lot of like friends of the, the programs, um, in this community who have long shot odds on Ross to win a championship. I do not have the 75 or 750, whatever it is um, that some people have out there, you know, Speedway Steve too comes to mind. Those, those fellas. Uh, I know Seth has uh, something big on, on Chastain. I don't have something big like that, but I'm cheering for, for that, you know, bet to hit for, anyone out there who has a long shot on Ross because you took a swing where no one else really saw anything. So track house, um, just good for them. Speaking of bets, did you hit anything this weekend, Derek, any, any bets worth calling out that you're walking away and got some money in your pockets for Phoenix? Yeah. So, uh, I was looking at bell, uh, pretty much all week. He opened at 14. Uh, the market shifted to him going down to 12 and then he kind of said at 12, 13, uh qualified 20th so you know his price didn't move any um but i jumped on him live so i got him and uh obviously that paid out and then i was on chase uh pre-race that was the only outright i had pre-race and uh, i chased top five and then uh jumped on denny top five and denny outright so um i was really happy like i said i was really happy with how the day was going um, but then when that caution came out and Briscoe took the lead uh, and Blaney just kind of hanging around uh, made me a little bit nervous, but it was a really good, uh, it was a good handicapping day. I was finally one of those like easier days, if you can call it that, just being like, okay, these guys are up here top three for a while. So uh, yeah, it was good. It was a good day. Well, um, I'm happy to hear that. I, I kind of felt, 
you know, a similar way about it. Um, we said on the, the NASCAR betting preview show that uh, it was going to come down a lot to practice and qualifying. It said it was like must see TV, you know, if you're going to be gambling on the race. And I, I think it really, you know, turned out to be that um, there were certain bets that I hit only because of, you know, practice and qualifying. It, it hit a nice little parlay with uh, Eric Amarol and, and um, Cole Custer coming through. Um, that was a, a nice one. Stuart Haas in general looked pretty solid, um, which was, you know, good to see uh, the Ford jump up there. So, yeah, had the Chastain top five, had uh, called out Blaney to win, had him top three um, myself. Um, so, you know, all in all, good day. But, um, man, I wish I had, you know, something on Bell. I was jocking the Blaney long shot for odds uh, to win the championship. And I, I don't remember what Christopher Bell's was. Uh, I have to imagine they were longer than 40 to 1, you know, this time last week. And I didn't even sniff to one. that. Yeah, 66 to 1. So um, I, I am kicking myself. Even Briscoe's was like ridiculous, and he had a legit shot to do that. So it's just got to remember that for next year. Like these guys who are way off of it on the the odds for the championship going into Martinsville, we got to really sprinkle a little something on all of them. Um, so yeah, that's the Martinsville recap. Good race, you know, it was fun, good memory, and um, it sets a, a good field for Phoenix here. So. Let's get into Phoenix now. We're going to transition, you know, done looking in the review. We're going to look ahead. That's why you are there in person. And so first thing I want to do is just talk about the track stats. Um, Phoenix is uh, a race track that they have gone to 52 times in the past, but the championship has only been there twice. So it's a little bit of a, you know, tough deal when you're looking at these track stats, but I always feel like it's worth calling out um, all of these things just to kind of have as a layer of foundation here. So um, within 52 races at Phoenix, the winner has started on the pole seven times. The last time it happened was last year, 2021 in the fall race. The championship was Kyle Larson that got it done. Winner starting in the top five, it's 38% of the time, a little lower than I think we see at other tracks. And then uh, winner starting in the top 10 is 57% of the time. Briscoe started sixth earlier in the spring, so he would fit into that category there for top 10 starting position. But still, 38%, 57%, a little bit lower than I uh, think we're used to seeing. Um, now, those numbers might mean more to you in the spring race than the championship race here, but um, those are the numbers nonetheless. And then starting outside the top 20, it's only happened four times in the history of the track. Ryan Newman, 2017, uh, pretty memorable win there for him to get into the final four, I believe. Uh, so manufacturer trends, these guys are pretty spread out. Ford's won three of the last 10. Chevy's won two of the last 10 and Toyota's got five of the last 10. But the interesting thing is if you go back six races, they all have two. So it's, you know, a, a pattern there of uh, Chevy, Toyota, Ford, Chevy, Toyota, Ford. Um, maybe not in that order, but they each have two in the last six races. So pretty well spread out. Not really anything you can cling to in terms of, you know, which manufacturer dominates here in the more recent uh, past. So, 
looking at a, a certain data set. Some people, I think, are just throwing everything out and saying, you know, this is a championship race. Everything's different. You know, you really don't have anything to pull from. I don't like flying blind. Uh, I think that there is a decent amount of information at our fingertips that we can pull from. So I'll talk about what I'm looking at here, Derek, and then I want to, you know, kind of hear from you, see what you're digging into here before we break down these four drivers. But uh, looking at Phoenix, I I can't not look at Phoenix. So I'm only going back five races. Uh, two of those obviously were a championship race. Understood that. But uh, the further you go back, you're getting more away from some of these younger drivers. So I like the last five races. It's like a two and a half year span. Um, and I'm looking at driver rating average finish there. But in 2022, we have a, a decent amount of data to pull from as well. So obviously we have the Phoenix race happened a long time ago one of the earlier races in the season, but uh, still worth looking at since it's the next gen car. Uh, and then comp tracks, flat, short in uh, air quotes, tracks, looking at Phoenix, obviously the one race there, the Richmond race, and then uh, looking at New Hampshire and uh, potentially gateway. Some people uh, will be pulling them as well. So looking at those um, flat track speed, Total speed of all those this year, that's something that I'm considering. And then I also wanted to pull average finish from those tracks um, as well in 2022 because next gen, the next-gen car has really made all the difference this season. So um, those are the different things that I'm looking at. A lot of, a lot of things, you know, I kind of feel like Charlie from Always Sunny with the, you know, wire board, that meme uh, with a lot of things going around and uh, connecting it to different things. So, Derek, how do you fit into that? You know, are you looking at anything – Similar, anything different that I'm not calling out that we should uh, consider this week? No, I mean, I, I think uh, we're pretty similar. I'm, I'm actually, I'll start with Gateway. I'm really glad you called out Gateway. Kurt Busch actually was a, a guy that advocated for, from a, a look at that comparison track, com comparable tracks, right? So uh, he said that Gateway is most comparable to Phoenix. So let's look at Gateway. Who was strong at Gateway? Well, uh, Joey Logano was very strong at Gateway. Started seventh, finished first, had a really good battle with Kyle. Uh, but, you know, that's a guy. You know, so then let's keep looking at Joey, right? So Joey was really good uh, at Richmond. Uh, Richmond's a little tough because of tire wear, and there's different strategies that come in with a race like that versus what we'll see at Phoenix. But their track uh, design is comparable. So it just I usually put, I'll put Richmond in just a little bit just to kind of get an idea, but I won't apply it a whole lot. Uh, but Joey was really good at, at Richmond. Um, and in the spring uh, at the Phoenix race, the best driver without question was Ryan Blaney, his teammate. So Ryan's not in the championship. These cars are built very similarly. I mean, from BJ McLeod's car to Chase Elliott's car, NASCAR gets the parts and pieces, constructs it the same. Uh, it's for the teams to find that extra speed. So I don't think there's a strong disadvantage by Blaney, who was the strongest. And also Logano won at Vegas a couple weeks ago. He was the only driver at that time that was able to prepare for Phoenix, get that jump start. Paul Wolf won a championship with Brad Keselowski 10 years ago, 2020. Two is now Brad or um, Paul Wolf is with 
Joey Logano. So there's a lot of interesting things that go to the Logano side. Real quick, I'll just touch on Bell. Bell's one of the best short flat track drivers in the sport. He just won on a short flat track at Martinsville last week. And when you look at what he's done at New Hampshire, uh, you know, it's next to none. Almost won uh, Richmond, had a super strong car there as well. So he has been in this position before with obviously needing to win, has won two of the last four races. So uh, he's an interesting name. So when, again, I look at little comparable tracks, um, but I definitely think these four drivers, these four championship guys are going to be the four that we talk about and the four that we see at the front on Sunday. So I I love everything you're saying there about Logano. I mean, I'm going to give kind of a breakdown of each one of these guys, you know, and, and the resumes. But um, with Logano, he's, he's going to be the last guy I pull up. And that's because of his odds. Uh, I'm listing them off here in the order that they're, you know, going off at uh, from shortest to longest. And Logano, you know, I, I mentioned him on the back road with Seth Rodden Elliott. He's somebody that I have, um, you know, I'm heavily invested in. So uh, we'll, we'll, we'll cap it off there. But everything you just said is, is ringing true to me. Um, but let's break it down. You know, Elliot, Bell, Chastain, Logano, they're your final four. And and it's a very interesting final four um, because we, we've we got representation from the bigger names from the sport, you know, as far as the teams are concerned. You've got a JGR guy, probably not the guy you thought, but it's a, a JGR guy nonetheless. Um, you've got a Penske guy. I think I would have said it would have been Blaney but uh, at the beginning of the season, but here we are. It's Logano. He's clearly the the quarterback of that crew. Um, Elliot, no surprise there. You know he's uh, the the big name over there at Hendrick. And then the biggest surprise, obviously, is Trackhouse. The fact that they were able to get a car in the championship race is uh, truly unbelievable, and and it speaks to everything that they're doing there. So we'll go through one by one and just do some quick hitter thoughts on on these guys here, Derek. Chase Elliott is the leader in the clubhouse right now as far as the odds are concerned. He's plus 200, so 2-1 to one to win the championship. These are not the odds to win the race. I need to point that out. That'll be a conversation point that we have in just a bit. Uh, but he's been the favorite all year. Uh, really, every week it felt like on my show and on the Wednesday night show that you host, we've been saying, you know, he's in championship form. He ends up winning the regular season, getting those playoff points. So big. He led the series this year with five wins. He had 12 top fives, 20 top tens and 35 races. Like that's really, really well done. Um, his last five at Phoenix, he's got one win, which was the championship winner, three top fives and four top tens. His average finish in that time span, 5.8. That's third out of everyone in NASCAR, and his driver rating is first, 121.7. So clearly, he knows how to get around that joint. In 2022, he's got two top fives and two top tens on these comp tracks, four Top 15. So we're talking about five races here on comp tracks. And I would say his stats on the 2022 circuit for these comp tracks are not as good as some of these other guys. Um, his average drive, excuse me, average finish is 
out of all of those races this year. That's fifth out of everyone. Third in total speed, but um, still two top fives. Best you have to show for it. Some of these other guys have some better numbers there. So that's Chase Elliott's resume heading into this weekend. Uh, any thoughts? Do you think that he should be the favorite, you know, as far as the odds are concerned? And um, anything to add about Chase? Yeah, well, I think as an if I was doing the odds, I think you have to put Chase uh, as the favorite, even if he doesn't deserve that spot. Most popular driver, going to be the person that gets the most action. So, uh, putting pricing him at you know uh, plus two two to one, uh, really across most books, uh, makes a lot of sense. Chase to me um, is kind of fascinating when you look at his wins: Atlanta, Dega, two Super Speedways, Pocono. Uh, because of two DQs, he he actually finished third, but got the win because of that. And then Nashville, Nashville was a race where he was kind of nowhere to be found. And then they had a two-hour rain delay and uh, caught magic with the uh, the nighttime temperatures. And then Dover on a Monday, uh, kind of you know again nice concrete track. That's where his first race uh, win of the year came from. So uh, Chase, you know I get why the odds makers did it, but. Um, yeah, I mean, I think that then opens up value elsewhere. Fantastic point. Um, let's let's call it what you're saying here. Let's read between the lines here. You're saying Chase might be a bit fraudulent, it seems like. Like his wins were kind of wonky. And his resume, you know, just like someone submitting a resume into a new job, they might have bolstered it up. Maybe they're proficient in Excel and PowerPoint. Maybe they're not. Uh, Chase... You know, those wins, I the Pocono win, you're right. That's a, kind of a, a bullshit uh, win there. And the two super speedways aren't going to help you this weekend. And uh, the, the Dover won as well. I mean, good points there about Chase. So they, they, you're right about the fact that they can't have it um, any other way, though, because he is going to get the most money laid on them. But, um, and, and the other thing with Chase is, you know, tell me a race this year, uh, maybe you can even go back to last year. You'd have to, but tell me a race where Chase was like the most dominant driver. Let's let's leave the Robo out. I that's just a different dynamic, but where he was like the most dominant, right? And didn't win or won. You, you can't. This year is not. It has not happened this year. This team, um, I'll the, the place where you can give them credit is that they really managed the race well. Yes. And that is where I think people can find value in him because a, he doesn't qualify overly well. And then he is a little bit of a slower starter. And then they really work on that car and they get him up towards the front. Now, again, I'm going to, I'm going to say this time and time again, I think you need to win this race to win the championship. I do not know if this team can necessarily win the championship even though people will say, well, in 2020 he did. Well, that was a different car. And I don't even want to look at 21 because teams were chest out when it came to the last race last year. There were only four cars that really cared. Everybody else was just like, see you, in the, see you next year with this new car. So um, I do think Chase is a little fraudulent when you look at these uh, these numbers. at the. Yeah, I, it's a great point. And you made the point that I was going to make. He he has not been dominant in really any race, but they have the uncanny ability to just be there. Like you, you 
are focusing on these other guys. And then all of a sudden Chase Elliott is running fourth. Like, so I don't know how much that helps them in this scenario in, in Phoenix, because all of the races that he's good at, you know, the super speedways, the road courses, um, none of that helps him in this race. So they're probably going to need that ability. And, and we'll talk about practice of qualifying probably overall, but he is someone that I'm like hyper focused on. There's some of these other guys that I trust are going to be, you know, good in, in qualifying um, to put themselves in a good spot. The next guy we're going to bring up definitely one of them, but um, chase, if he's like super on it off the, the truck, then I think you could have a lot of confidence in in Chase because um, they're not going to have to you know continuously work on the car to get it better. So he's someone really to watch on uh, practice qualifying day. Um, but yeah, good points. Calling Chase out is a bit of a fraud. I, you know, good call out. I like it. A little drama. Uh, the next guy in line, as far as the odds are concerned, are Christopher Bell plus two sixty. Um, and you know he's Mister Clutch right now. Ring the bell. I think is the the hashtag we get going because we're Phillies fans, Derek, and uh, the Phillies just went up to one of the world series tonight. So ring the bell. He's done the unbelievable. You know, we talk about Chastain doing something unbelievable. I mean, you know, he's walked it off twice. That's unheard of in this format, three wins, two of which came within the last month, basically um, in, in must win scenarios. So this season, three wins, 12 top, fives 19 top tens and he's got the second best average starting position in nascar 9.9 being good off the truck has been great for this team and i think it's going to come in really handy like it's not going to shock me if chris rebel goes out and wins the poll that would not shock me whatsoever. Um, last five races at Phoenix. Remember, Chris Rebell's a young driver. Uh, he's only got two top tens to show for it in those five races. But, uh, you know, he, he really has just gotten into the series, really, at that point in time, I think, in four starts. So average finish, not great. 17.0. Not trying to make excuses for him, but just trying to set the stats, you know, so they're not jaded for you as you're hearing them. 2021 was his best season at Phoenix. He had two ninth place finishes. His driver rating overall at this racetrack, 76.1. Nothing to write home about. In 2022, though, he really stands out. He's eighth in total speed and in the five comp tracks this season. He's third in average finish, 8.8. One win, two top fives, four top tens. You kind of touched on a little bit, Derek, earlier when you mentioned how Christopher Bell has been good at these comp tracks. Um, that stands out. You know what I mean? That The complete opposite of Chase, uh, where we're saying he's been good at these other tracks that don't mean anything this weekend. Christopher Bell has got a bit of a resume here. So what do you think at, at plus 260? Yeah, I mean, momentum is uh, is a great deal to have in any sport, stick and ball sports, NASCAR, uh, you name it. So he's that team has momentum right now uh, when it comes to you know coming into this weekend and short flat track king. I mean, won at New Hampshire, won last week at Martinsville, almost won Richmond, um, did have a problem in the Phoenix Spring Race. Um, so his, his statistics there are, um, you know, not great, obviously, cause he, uh, had issues. So I think Christopher Bell has a really good shot at winning this championship this weekend. Yeah. I mean, 
I would say that he 100% deserves to be higher up than, you know, Chastain and Logano, which is what he is. But when I first saw the odds, I was like, wow, you know, he's second to chase as far as the odds. Once I started digging into the stats a little bit, I was like, okay, yeah, the sports books are doing their research here a little bit. Um, so yeah, uh, Chris Rebell, I think he's the looking at my board here. Uh, Chris Bell. No, I have Logano 12 to one bell. I have nine to one to win the title from, you know, throughout like free bets throughout the year. Um, so Let's move on to the next guy, and it's Ross Chastain. He and Logano are both tied at the same number, plus 330. So, you know, some people, like we said, keeping huge tickets alive out there. The momentum. Which momentum do you think is bigger, Chastain's or Bell's? Let's just – I'll pause there and ask you that question because they both have an absurd amount of momentum, but who has more of an edge, I guess, in that category? Bell. Yeah? Winning is everything, right? Winning is everything. What Chastain, the momentum that Chastain has is morale. Chastain got that team fired up. I mean, I'm sure everybody at Trackhouse is buzzing. They do have a lot of speed. So, but winning is everything. I mean, to go out and win a NASCAR Cup Series race is one of the most difficult things you can do. So for Bell to be in a must win, he came into the race in in last to be, uh, you know, a contender for the championship after winning. I think that's where the momentum is greater. Yeah, that's a, a solid point. Winning is everything. Um, well, we'll get into Chastain here. He's got two wins this season, 14 top fives and 20 top tens. The 20 top tens tides chase for the most in that category. He's had a really good season. Like he, he had that craziness probably the first half of the year where he was wrecking everybody. Everyone was getting Chastain. It became a, a verb. Um, and then he, kind of settled down a little bit in the second half of the season. And, you know, he still managed to to keep the car up front, kept the speed going. He has the second best season average finish in NASCAR. His wins are a little bit wonky though. He's got a super speedway win and a road course win. Um, So kind of similar to what you're saying about chase, you know, does it really correlate well to winning a championship at Phoenix, his career at Phoenix, a little bit like bell. It's a bit skewed. He's got four starts, only one top 10, Happens to be a second place finish came in the spring. As we talked about um, his average finish in those four starts um, is 11th in NASCAR 14.5. So, you know, that I'm not sure how I feel about that, but 76.4 driver rating in that time span. Again, stats are a little bit thrown off there in 2022. When I was digging into the stats, I really expected to see a lot out of uh, Chastain and the comp tracks area and he's 10th in total speed but pretty solid overall uh one top five three top tens he's sixth in average finish which is 11.0 so solid but not great so i'd still give the edge to bell over the two guys that we've talked about so far uh what do you think about chastain and, and how he got here and his odds this weekend yeah so i mean how he got here is remarkable and we touched on that about martin's book amazing but like I said, I mean, Trackhouse has had speed week after week after week, and he has had so many dust-ups with so many different drivers, and he has come each week, finished races. Uh, you know, he just is co- he's coming off of his last three races in this round of eight, a second, a second, and a tenth. 
So, or, uh, yeah, so it's, uh, it's remarkable to see what he's been able to do. So they have momentum. They really do. So he's, he's a deserving contender uh, for the championship. Yeah. It's, I'm kind of happy he's there just because it makes this, you know, NASCAR has to be just like thrilled with themselves, patting themselves on the back uh, for this like playoff format. I know a lot of the, uh, the older folks don't really like this format, but uh it's definitely creating the drama that NASCAR wants. So having a team like that in the final four is is huge for the eyeballs getting on the TV. The last guy we're calling out is Joey Logano, a past champion. He's also plus 330. You called it out. He's been safe since Vegas. No one won the middle race. Uh, so no one has had a chance to prepare for Phoenix uh, ahead of time like the 22 team they've got three wins on the season this has been a strange season for joey logano i'd say he's got 10 top fives that's the least out of the four championship drivers and 16 top tens again the least out of the top four drivers here uh but going into phoenix his last five races he's got one win three top fives four top tens that's actually the same exact numbers as chase but his average finish is 5.0 that's first in nascar in that time span. Uh, drive rating is second to Chase. It's 115.4. And in 2022, flat track speed is second. This is the best of the four drivers running for the title this weekend. But the funny thing is, even though his speed has been good on these tracks, it hasn't really correlated to the success that you might think. His average finish is seventh in NASCAR, and it's the worst of the four drivers in the championship, 11.2. He's got one win, one top five and three top 10. So it's been a bit of an up and down year, really a tough guy to put your finger on. You mentioned Joey Logano before we started going through these resumes, calling out a lot of facts about him and, and gateway and some of these tracks that we're looking at. I I'll start this conversation. I've got some money wrapped up in Logano where I in inadvertently, I have now found myself, cheering for Logano this weekend. I would not have expected that, but I've got, you know, his championship odds before the season started at 12 to one. Uh, I'm going to probably take him to, to win the race, but I also have my Penske win total over four and a half. I need that uh, win from Logano here to hit. And if that were to hit, it would just be a monster payday uh, for me and, and making that happen. So uh, I don't have any other win total bets uh, unless bell wins. And then that, completely uh kills my uh head-to-head win totals him and reddick i had reddick looking pretty for a long time and then bell came back to tie it last week so right now i'm looking at a push uh if bell wins that would kill that one but logano is my biggest payday if that hits um you made some good points about logano i think he's sneaky good a little surprised to see him at you know plus 330 uh, further down the list, he's fourth on some books um, by himself. What's your, you know, additional thoughts on Logano and and where he sits right now with the odds? Yeah, well, I mean, you just look at the the last few races for Logano. Um, you know, he's finished first, third, second, eleventh, and eighth. Uh, and this year, he finished eighth. So he has, um, you know, he's got some good finishes. Definitely has won here before. I, I really do believe that Logano uh, is going to be strong, but I understand why, uh, you know, he being priced at the way that he is is really because Chase Elliott, uh, 
for the reasons why we talked about Chase, you know, being at the top. So um, I, I think Logano is going to be strong. You obviously have uh, a lot of investments and, and hope for Logano to come out on top. So uh, I really think because they had those extra weeks to prepare, I think that really helps the team. So uh, I think he's going to be, a, I think he's going to be a serious championship contender uh, when we come to the closing laps, last 30 laps or so. So those are the four drivers laying out the resumes there. Let's ask the million dollar question. You kind of answered this already, but I want to get into it a little bit more. Does the champion have to win the race? You you said it once, I think, but to, to be more clear and more pinpointed about it, one of these drivers has to win the race to get it done. Yes or no? Yes. And, uh, you know, uh, let's think. Tuesday, let's see, Saturday or Sunday, I probably would have had a different answer. Uh, Chris Wormy talks a lot about, you know, you can change, if you change somebody's opinion or thought process, that's one of the most powerful things. And he did that uh, with me just through some conversations we were having. And I absolutely agree that, like, a championship four contender right now will win the race on Sunday. It is without a doubt, in my opinion. And I know this year has been a little wonky with, um, you know, some of these races and anybody can really win, but these four cars are the strongest four cars that you can put up against anybody. And, and unfortunately Tyler Reddick might not race this week. And he's a, he's a strong contender that could have been in the mix. Um, you know, you take somebody like that out. I, I take these four guys, any of these four guys can win the race. Um, so yes, I, I believe so. What about you? So, Probably about halfway through the playoffs, I found myself saying, this is the year where, you know, that changes. Uh, Because of what we saw early on, to start the playoffs, I said on the podcast, call it a conspiracy theory, but, you know, these non-playoff guys, they they get out of the way, you know, for the playoff drivers, and that's why we never see the non-playoff guys win. And then we went boom, boom, boom. Boom, I think like four in a row, maybe. Um, off the jump, non-playoff guys saying, no, no, this car brings me even. Uh, I can I don't care about your your silly playoffs, like I'm getting it done. So that scares me because I normally have that take of like they're gonna get out of the way. They're gonna get out of the way. Like, so to to go up on that hill and and die on it, it's a little nerve-wracking because of what we've seen so far. We saw it last year with the truck series. Um, the, the winner of the race didn't need, or the championship did not win the race. Um, so it starts to make me, you know, bleed into, you know, maybe the, the bigger series. When will that happen? And, and with the parody, you know, it, it changes things. The thing that really changes things is the fact that for the first time ever in this format, we've got a driver out there who is not, out there just riding around looking for a paycheck. We've got Kyle Larson running for a owner's championship and he's 14 to one right now opened at 18. Um, So that is intriguing because from everything that I've heard, the owner's championship matters a lot more in terms of the money behind the scenes. So yeah, the, the driver's championship is what matters to the fans and, and the fanfare and the broadcast and everything. But we can't forget about the fact that Larson is, uh, you know, in this thing in a different way. So that's 
just like all of the firsts that have happened this year. I'm with you. And I'm with Chris, like saying like, of course they'll, they'll be the top four cars. Um, but it scares me to, to really make that take. And DraftKings has the prop of a plus 500 for any other driver to win the race. And I, I like that as insurance because plus 1400 for Larson is fantastic. Um, but if there is craziness, plus 500 is better than any of these guys uh, are getting for their odds. I'm fine taking that as an insurance play. So that's my case. You know, I, I want to say, say this again. I agree with you. Um, I, I, I want to believe that it's going to be these four guys duking it out like we've seen forever. But if there was a year to do it, it would be this one. And, you know, that Larson factor, uh, I think matters. So, you well, know, if your if your opinion changes or strengthens one way or another, and you want to put a little cash on the line, I get the Ford Championship, and I'll give you the field for fifty <laughs> bucks. Put fifty bucks on it and see see what happens. But you let me know. Now, I don't know if I'm willing to take them straight up. That's why I'm happy taking the plus five hundred from the books um, as a as a backup plan. I, I don't I don't uh, think it's going to happen, but I don't want to get burned if these guys are popping up. You know, you mentioned how good Blaney's been in the spring. Um, some of these guys, you know, could say, "Hey, I'm not done yet." So. Uh, Let's talk about some other bets because I've got some that are non top four related that I want to get out there. Uh, the first thing I want to say is we're going to Kevin Harvick country, Derek. Like he is so good at this racetrack, even through thick and thin years where he's been dog shit. More recently, he still manages to get a top 10. It's the sun rises in the east, sets in the west. And Kevin Harvick scores a top 10 at Phoenix, you know, week in, we are year in, year out. And so he's minus 170 to finish top 10. I have already placed a bet uh, on Kevin Harvick, not minus 170. But if you're talking about things that are definitely going to happen, I think Kevin Harvick is, you know, in that category. I took the Eagles this week. Um and I did an alternate spread. They're minus 14 and a half, I think. Normally, I took them down to minus eight and a half. Alt spread Eagles, eight and a half. With Kevin Harvick, top 10, that gets me at plus 131, plus money on both those uh, uh, outcomes. I, I like that. So my suggestion is do that. Find the bet that's your Eagles, eight and a half, and put Kevin Harvick to it to get it together to some plus money because I really think that you can't um, doubt Kevin Harvick, because even in the last two championship races, he's, you know, there's only four drivers racing for the championship. There's still six other spots. So, you know, he's, he's so good here. Um, so that's the first one. And he's going head to head against Ryan Blaney. Uh, I don't hate that one just because yes, Blaney has been good in the past, but Blaney's mental state. I mean, talk about someone who just wants the season to be over after last week. Like, I can't see him fighting back very hard um, at Phoenix. And I think that's the mentality you kind of have to take into some of these head-to-heads. It's like, who's who's there? You know what I mean? Who's there or who's just waiting to get the hell out of there? So um, that's the first conversation piece I wanted to get going there. Derek, what are your thoughts on on that? 
Yeah, well, when you said you were on a uh, Kevin Harvick top 10 at minus 162, I, my eyes just perked up because I was like, you are laying some serious coin on this boy. So uh, I get what you're saying with the parlay, uh, just to kind of make it a, you know, a plus money situation. Um, you know, Kevin Harvick, 18 straight, 18 straight top 10, which is astronomical. So uh, like you said, definitely knows how to get it done. I don't know if he scores a top 10 this weekend. Uh, and I hate to be Debbie Downer. It's not that Rod- Rodney Childers this weekend. He is in that head-to-head matchup against uh, Blaney. I like the Blaney side uh, personally. Wow. So, yeah, I know. So I'm coming at you a little bit there with that. But I I don't know. I mean, yeah, I don't know. That That's that's one. That's I understand why where you're at on that side. It's hard. The top 10 markets are – you know, really kind of tough this week with uh, the pricing being the way that it is. Um, I'll, I'll go next, though. There's a head-to-head matchup that I really like, and it is Martin Truex minus 125 over Kyle Busch. You just talked about guys that are checked out. Well, Kyle, once he's done at Phoenix, that dude is gone. So, yes. uh, and what the hell was – what what did he do on Sunday? I mean, there were like 60 laps in, and I, I heard NASCAR say um, 18 needs to pick up the speed. And I was like, okay, there haven't been any cautions yet. And I know for a fact Kyle Busch is definitely not last. Well, he was last. So um, give me Martin Truex over him. Uh, I did not bet this yet, but I am I am strongly considering um, betting this. Like, Oh, my God. Now. 100 I have that written down next. Truex over Bush. Call it a conspiracy theory. Call it, you know, me having two fucking eyes. Kyle Bush is done. He is done. He wants nothing to do with that team. He's chirping them on Twitter. And I think they are reciprocating that and they're giving him a shitbox and they don't give a fuck about anything to do with that 18 car. They're getting it ready for the, you know, the grandbaby next year. So um, absolutely Truex over, you know, uh, someone who's not even on their radar. Somebody else could get in that car. And I think JGR wouldn't, you know, have any idea um, and hundred percent taking that solo, but I am also, parlaying it with uh another bet that i really love i actually have the the when i first saw that matchup the uh, god's honest truth the first thing that came into my mind was the gif from the simpsons where he's beating the shit out of the guy who's the hamburglar uh carsey burger and they're saying stop it stop it he's already dead i have that gif queued up Waiting to tweet out on like lap 100 uh, about the Martin Truex Kyle Bush because it's going to be a bloodbath. Um, but I, I want to parlay that with Kyle Larson going head to head against Denny Hamlin. Um, talk about two guys, you know, ships in the night going different directions. Kyle Larson, like we said, he's, he's competing for a championship um, in the owner's points. Meanwhile, Denny Hamlin is like, what the hell just happened? Um, I'm, supposed to be in this championship and i'm not so why do i care uh just really a a crazy turn of events so um that's also minus 120 compared to to hamlin's Uh, i think he's like minus maybe 105 
I like Larson in this matchup because it's a driver who has something to actually race for uh, versus someone who's just, you know, in a state of shock and, and potentially mailed in. Um, so that's uh, another head to head that I'm really digging. I don't know if you feel as strongly about that one as uh, the Truex one, but any thoughts on that? I don't feel as strong uh, about that one. I definitely like the, uh, the Truex one we talked about. We're both uh, in agreement with that. But, um, yeah, that that one will be interesting. I'm going to monitor that one pretty closely because I think they're going to be comparable uh, to each other. I wrote down a, a question here. Do we know who's in the owner's championship? I mean, we could Google it, but I didn't know if you knew that off the top of your head or not, um, you know, who's competing for that. But, um, yeah, that, I'm not – I don't know. That one That one seems pretty tight to me. Yeah, the owner's championship uh, – you still have me right now? Yeah. Um, it's, it's Hendrick Motorsports with Chase. It's uh, Penske with um, – or excuse me. Well, it says the owner's championship is Hendrick, Penske, Gibbs, and Trackhouse. So I guess – oh, no, sorry. Hendrick's representative is the five car. So it's not Chase. Chase does not get it done for Hendrick's, uh, Hendrick in the owner's points. It's the five car, um, and it's the 22, the 20, and the one. So that's the owner's points. So, um, yeah, interesting. You know, I, I love this – angle because we haven't seen it before i'm interested in seeing how the broadcast follows this one because they didn't really follow it very much uh with the races uh, at least last week at martinsville so um interested to see you know maybe they throw something extra on the ticker there or maybe they just let it go and then they say at the end oh yeah by the way uh larson won the owner's points um somebody else that i want to throw out there i got to pull up his odds here but when I was digging through the, you know, stat sheet, there was a driver that jumped up at me and it's Eric Amarola. He's going off at plus 100 for a top 10. Uh, loved what I saw out of them at practice qualifying last week at a, you know, tough track to pass. Um, he didn't end up in the top 10. I think he ended up like 14th, but they ran top 10 all race. And, uh, you know, I think it was just the circumstances of the, you know, the end of the race there. Um, Almirola has been, you know, decent enough on these uh, comp tracks this season. One top five, two top tens. In the last five races at Phoenix, he's got two top tens. So this is not something that's totally out of the question for Almirola. Um, he, he's, you know, someone that's there. He's fifth in average finish in the last five races out of everyone in NASCAR. Average finish in that time span, 10.0. So he's right on that number. Um, so plus 100, I would look for him, you know, maybe uh, before practice qualifying at a different book. You know, that's his on DraftKings. Barstool notoriously has better top 10 uh, numbers. But uh, this is also a guy. And I guess you could say this about, you know, the, the Harvick play as well. Really want to see how they come out of the truck. Um, practice qualifying and, and then maybe make a play later on. So um, Amarola, if he's on it and I'm right, then he's only going to go to like minus 125. If I'm wrong and I have him at plus 100 and I take it now and he's off and he goes to like plus 350, that's fine. You know what I mean? I, I'll just let that one 
I'll, I'll eat that one. But Amarola stands out to me. Any thoughts on that? Am I crazy? No, I don't know if you're necessarily crazy. I wouldn't say that. But if you go to draft, if you go to Barstool, you can get them at plus one six zero. So okay, that's, there you uh, go. that's a lot better number there. Uh, you know, sixty cents different. So um, no, I mean, I I think your points are good. Um, and then you know, again, kind of looking at the top ten uh, as they have them priced. You know, Tyler Reddick again uh, is up there. We don't know his necessarily his status yet. Um, but Alex Bowman's a guy that they have priced in this very similar, um, you know, point, which he's coming back this week for the first time since Noah Gregson was, uh, you know, helping fill his ride while, while, uh, Bowman dealt with concussion like symptoms. So, yeah. And then Kyle Bush is another name that we think is just going to be, uh, maybe riding, uh, maybe he'll be riding the wall, like just do something, do something fun out there. So maybe he'll just be doing that. Uh, but he's also priced up there. So I get it. I get what you're, I'm not going to hate on your Almirola love. I will say I've been very impressed with SHR. They have been bringing some really good speed specifically in qualifying practice. Uh, and then it has been translating. I mean, Cole Custer was one of the better practice and qualifying vehicles we saw last week. And he was there at the end. He was running fourth for the longest time. So I got to really give him credit because we don't know really what's happening yet in the 41, uh, you know, for 23, but it, I got to give him credit where credit's due. So that might go a little bit to what you're saying about Harvick um, might be, you know, kind of they're finding horsepower somewhere. So, so good thought about uh, Custer there. I'd hate it if I had any sort of like top five odds last week at Martinsville for Cole Custer, because he had a top five car should have finished in the top five. And he only finished outside of the top five because he was playing fullback for uh, Briscoe. But if he was just running his own race, he would have been up there at the end and he would have finished right where he was all race, uh, which was like that four, five, six number. So I would be sick if I had that uh, card last week. The The last moonshot, I guess you could call it, that I'll throw out there for a top 10 market is uh, someone in the Ford camp. So the Fords, I guess, if you want to expand the SHR conversation out to Fords in general, I like Chris Busher a little bit this week for a top 10. He's plus 300 right now. Um, so a little sprinkle here, but he's got he's 50% hit rate this year on the comp tracks that he's been on. Two for four. He missed one of the races. Um, that was a comp track. So that's interesting. He's got, let me find his numbers at Phoenix. Here he is here. He's got five races at Phoenix, one top 10, but it came this spring. He finished 10th in the spring. So this is not something that's out of the question here. And as we've seen, RFK is like really starting to put it together here at the end of the season, um, along with some of these other Ford drivers who've been more or less, less an afterthought, uh, for this season. So this isn't something that I'm like shouting from the highest mountain, but this is something that I'm saying, Hey, you know, plus 300 or whatever it is on barstool, probably better, a uh, little sprinkle, you know, and if it comes to light, so be it. So uh, I would hate to see him running six and me not take it. Cause I talked myself out of it. Uh, so yeah, a little, little Chris Busher love. Why not to, to finish the season? Well, for Chris Busher, I can get you on barstool at plus 215. So if you can get it at three to one, 215? 215. Yeah. That's weird. Yeah. Really weird. Yeah. Right. So, but I was going to say, I like the play, but probably not why you think I like the play. I like the play because 
It wouldn't be a full tank with Phil show if you didn't call out Chris Busher in one way or another. So <laughs> to end the year, last show of the year, and have Chris Busher be one of the best uh, plays that you see on the board makes a ton of sense. But Brad said a couple weeks ago, and and I've really kind of uh, added this to some of my betting handicap, is he was in an interview and he said, RFK has really good super speedway cars and we have really good short track cars. What did they end up doing? They ended up winning Bristol. And then last week, you know, their car was illegal. So it is what it is there. Uh, you know, can't really go off that. But uh, I listened to that. I mean, that that I take into that, you know, their mile and a half package has not been great. So um, fade them there and then kind of play them everywhere else. So for you, I hope Chris Busher uh, hits you on hits that ticket for you. It would be a perfect way to end the year. Well, I appreciate that. Yeah, I mean, there are just some guys who are always kind of in that sweet spot of the top 10 market, and Chris Busher's one of them. So, um, yeah, we'll see if he can go get it done. So, with that, I guess I'll ask you, any other thoughts on Phoenix before we kind of shift gears to our championship driver draft here? Yeah, no, I think uh, I think we covered uh, really everything. I mean, I think it's going to be good, good racing all across all three series. Um, and I know we'll get into a little bit of Xfinity because there's some drama over on that side. But, um, you know, from the Cup Series standpoint, I really think we're going to see a, a good race. I know I wish a lot of people do that, you know, maybe the race, the championship was at Homestead where that really provides really good racing. But uh, for a short track, I uh, was watching the replay, like I said today, and uh, when they go five wide to start, uh, the restart or start the race. It's a, it's a very exciting moment, but it's also a very, it's an opportunistic op- time for somebody to really gain a lot of positions that needs it. So I'm looking forward to this weekend. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you'll be there in person, so you can't beat that. Um, all right. So let's get into kind of our final segment here really for the season. Um going to, Pull something up that you can see here, Derek, uh, as we're talking. So this is the driver draft that we were talking about to start the podcast, um, but want to break it down for you again in a little bit more detail. So I'm trying to think of a, a creative way to talk about not just the Cup Series, but the Xfinity Series and Truck Series as well. So the way I thought of doing it this year was to take all four drivers from all three series, so 12 drivers total, and throw them into a, a bucket. And um, what we're left with here is Derek and I picking these guys to be part of our roster. What's going to happen is as the weekend unfolds, we're going to put in to the graphic where they finish. So this is not based on points or anything like that. It's just simply where they finish. And after Sunday night, we're going to have all six drivers with their finishing position. We'll do a little average finish and whoever has the best team as far as average finish goes, will win. Um, so, it, you know, a little, little side bet between us here, Derek. Um, but the strategy comes into play because, you know, do you want to take the, the best truck driver in your opinion and, and put him as your first overall pick or, you know, kind of what series you're basing um, your picks off of is, is what is going to be interesting to me. So we'll call out what their odds are to win the championship and try to talk a little bit about why we like each driver as we uh, 
pick them. So does that make sense to you, Derek, as the one that's uh, participating in this with me? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I'm excited to see how this turns out. All right. So let me run down the, the quick list of drivers here and the odds for them to win the championship. So you kind of have a, a better idea of like what, you know, the guys we're talking about are. Uh, we mentioned Elliot. He's plus 200. Christopher Bell plus 260. Joey Logano plus 330. And Chastain plus 330. We talked about them in depth. In the Xfinity series we've got noah gregson he's plus 150 he's the heavy favorite i guess you could say over ty gibbs who snuck in by wrecking his teammate he's plus 200 then you've got another uh junior motorsports driver and just justin allgaier excuse me plus 425 and then his other teammate josh berry plus 500 so junior motorsports has three of the four drivers in the Xfinity series. Good for them. And then in the truck series, we've got Chandler Smith plus 180, Ty Majeski plus 180, Zane Smith plus 280, and then all the way back, we've got Ben Rhodes at plus 650. So those are the odds there. Derek, you see the board up in front of us here. You, as the guest, will get first overall pick. So I'm interested to see what strategy you go with here. Who are you taking first overall? I'm going to start with the uh, truck series. You can write down Chandler Smith. He won the race here last year, was a non-playoff guy, uh, comes back this year, opportunity to win championship. KBM is done after this race because Kyle is going to RCR next year. Uh, KBM is closing their uh, Toyota OEM uh, relationship. So give me Chandler Smith to win or finish well here on friday well you choose a good one um i was hoping that i'd somehow be able to finagle both smiths but um chandler is a fantastic pick i like chandler smith at plus 180 i am taking chandler smith plus 180 but i am also taking the driver that i'm choosing first overall and that's the zane train zane smith um, he's been very good this season. Um, his stats are, you know, that of, uh, kind of similar to like Chase Elliott, um, you know, won the regular season. He's been kind of working off of that. I, I do have, um, some stats written down somewhere. I'm trying to pull them out right now, but yeah, uh, three wins this season, 13 top fives, 18 top tens. That's the most in the sport. Uh, just truly unbelievable. The comp tracks for Zane, nine, ninth place finish, second place finish, ninth. That's 6.6. Um, very good as far as the comp tracks go. Second to Chandler Smith. So you made a good pick there as far as the comp tracks, but regular season points champion. And at Phoenix, he's got two starts a fifth and a second uh and that came to zane or excuse me chandler last year so the smiths did it one two last year um we'll see what happens this year when they're both in the championship four um that both came in the 21 truck for zane so we're going trucks to start i love the trucks like uh we both are, are on that there so kick it back to you who do you like next so let's stay with the trucks i'm gonna go with time Oh, so, wow. Ty, Ty won um, at Bristol a number of weeks back. At that point, he was guaranteed to be a championship contender in the truck series. 
What did he end up doing? Well, Talladega, he did not win. No playoff guy won. So he had a couple more weeks. He ended up winning Homestead. Again, he was the only driver throughout the round of eight or four, I'm sorry, uh, eight uh, that they did. And he was the only one that won. So he has the most advantage when it comes to preparing for Phoenix. And I think that team is going to be there when it matters most again on Friday. Well, um, I'm surprised that you took him early, but not uh, hating your pick. I mean, I think all those reasons why you call out Ty uh, makes a lot of sense. I mean, you know, just he's absolutely on fire. Two wins, and, and like you said, coming in the, the last round of the playoffs, uh, 15 top 10s on the season. You know, his comp track stats had a, a rough one uh, further back, but fourth and third more recently. So, yeah, Ty Majeski is definitely going to be a force. This truck race, and, and I know we still have one guy left, but this truck race, to me, I'm supposed to have a date night on Friday night. I'm thanking God that it's uh, at 10 o'clock start for us here on the East Coast because I'm going to be able to DVR the start of that, you know, maybe get back around 11 or so and uh, hopefully, you know, crack some some beers or some wine and and toss that one on um <laughs> see if uh she'll want to stay up for that but uh it's going to be fantastic i mean these guys are heavy hitters and all of them have you can make a case for all of them so um shocked that three of them went in the first uh three picks here but uh i i love it just uh you know brings it out here so let's get into my next pick and i'm going to go with noah gregson um, he is someone who, I mean, if you're looking at all of the races or all of the 12 drivers that are in this championship hunt, he's got the shortest odds. He's plus 150. And there's a reason for that. I mean, the Xfinity series is not something that I'm too great at. If you listen to the pod, you know, I'm usually stay away from it, but, um, I'm trying to stick my nose into this, this year. And, uh, I'm strictly going right off of the comp track situation here. He's got four comp tracks this season. He's got one win, two top fives, three top 15s. Um, and out of the drivers who are in the championship hunt, he's got a 9.8 average finish. That is uh second best. I won't call out who's first just yet because I might snag him later, but uh, Gregson, he's definitely going to be a, a factor in that race. I, I think he's going to be the one controlling that race and, uh, his to lose essentially. So um, early in the week, got to see how practice qualifying goes, but uh, I like Gregson here for all of those reasons. So I'll kick it back to you. Yeah. I think that was a good pick. It was, it was tough for me. Like I said, uh, with Majeski winning so long ago and having an opportunity, I found, felt like there was an edge there uh, and hopefully those two are competing so I can have a first and second as an average finish. Um, so I'm going to go with Noah Gregson's teammate. Justin Algaier. Algaier is so good at these types of tracks, and uh, Algaier was a guy I was going to pick next, but uh, I went with Majeski. So give me Algaier. I think uh, people are sleeping on him. Uh, there's been a lot of drama in that series, uh, and you know I think if I'm going to compete against Gregson, it's going to be with Algaier. Well, Algaier was the guy that I was holding out on. I didn't know if you were wise to him, but uh, he's got two wins on these comp tracks this year, three top tens. His average finish is 6.8 on the comp tracks. And I'm pretty sure he's pretty damn good at uh, Phoenix as well. So uh, Algaier is plus 450 
to win the championship. That is a, a bet. I mean, I'm going to need anyone that's listening to this, maybe, you know, from our NASCAR DGEN's uh, chat on, on Twitter or anybody out there that wants to talk me off that ledge, please do. Because uh, like I said, uh, Xfinity series isn't my strong suit, but that to me seems juicy. Like I'm, I'm into that juicy in a good way, like plus 450. I'm not going to shy away from that. So good pick there. Fry all guy. Um, yeah. Kind of thought that I might be able to let him drop a couple rounds, but um, we'll, we'll go now to my third pick out of six and I'll finally dip into the trucks or excuse me, the cup series. I'll go with Christopher bell um, because uh, just everything that we've been talking about on this show with you, Derek on uh, Seth and, and Rod and Elliot show the back road, Christopher bell, just getting so much love. And the fact that if he did win, he would kill me on the, the season long head to head matchup. I need something a little extra here. So a um, little juice um, for me here, Christopher bell, but uh, plus 260 to win the title. We talked about him at length earlier. He's hot right now. He's good on these flat tracks. I think legitimately he's a real contender, whereas some of the guys, you know, have holes in their their game. So um, Bell's the first cup guy off the board. So now you left me with a uh, opportunity here where I have my top two prospects still left on the board at this spot. Uh, I think – I think if I leave this guy on the board, you'll take him next. So I'm going to go Joey Logano. We talked all the right reasons why we would go. We like Logano or I like Logano. So uh, give me Joey Logano. Again, I think Penske. I think Logano is going to be strong. Um, and I think I, I think he wins the championship. Well, I. I yeah, let's just go. Let's just start there. I think Logano will win the championship as well. Um we we talked about it earlier, but he is so strong at that racetrack. So it's a good pick. I mean, I didn't think that you were going to take Logano in that spot, to be quite honest with you. I thought you were going to go somewhere else with that. Um, but here we are. So uh, I feel like I'm kind of playing from behind a little bit here uh, with these matchups. So uh, I'm going to take Chase Elliott. Um I, you know, Chase, and it looks like you're happy because you're getting uh, somebody else that you wanted, but uh, Chase Elliott, just being the favorite all year, he he's just, you know, so consistent. Consistency is, you know, always the, the key to success. So um, Chase Elliott is, uh, I think I'm happy getting him in the fourth round of this draft here. So who was your other prospect that you were looking at? Josh Berry. Josh so give me Berry. Josh, give me Josh Berry. Yep. Um, <clears throat> another J uh, Junior Motorsports guy. So give me Josh. And uh, he's one of those guys that, you know, similar to Chase. Maybe this is the uh, Xfinity version where Josh isn't always the strongest, but then he gets stronger and stronger and stronger. And he's there. So, I, I think his teammates are going to be good, and I think he has a good race uh, as well. So I would take Josh Berry. Interesting. Um, I yeah, he's the longest. Well, no, second longest odds on the board out of everyone there. So to paint the picture for everyone that can't see the visual here as we're going through these, there are three drivers left 
and I've got two picks. Um, so I'm going to be left over with whoever Derek doesn't want. It's Ross Chastain, Ty Gibbs, and Ben Rhodes, one from each series. Uh, and I'm in a bit of a pickle here, Derek. I got to be honest with you. I, I don't know if I want to. I mean, Chastain is, is, you know, my eyes are getting big seeing him this late. But now I've, you know, kind of overextended myself in the Cup Series. Um, I would have three guys in the Cup Series on my roster. That's half the roster. Uh, and since this is clearly finishing position that, you know, there's an element to um, that that is not great. Uh, Ty Gibbs, I've got reasons why you could take him and not take him. And, and Ben Rhodes, um, kind of a, a similar situation. So the decision that I'm going to make right now is going to be Ross Chastain. Um, I, I I like Ross for, you know, the momentum aspect of it, the, the speed that he's had. Um, I think he's going to be, you know, a factor. He's in the Cup Series. So if I want to spin the Cup Series thing to my favor, these other series, we've seen other drivers step up and kind of, you know, play a factor. The Truck Series, for example, Chandler won last year. He was not in the hunt. Um, whereas the Cup Series, if we truly believe that these four drivers will be up there, then I guess I, I would be in a good spot. So Chastain, so I'm going with over uh, Gibbs and Ben Rhodes here. So you now get to choose between those two drivers, and uh, I'm anxious to hear your reasoning for who you choose. Well, I'm going to go with uh, the number 54 Ty Gibbs machine, uh, Ty Gibbs Motorsports over there. So I'm going to go with him. Arguably one of the fastest cars on a week-to-week basis. And I understand that he has a lot of run-ins last week and this season. And um, But when it's 30 to go and he has an opportunity for clean air and he's out front and there's no cautions, that's what I'm going to be banking on. So I overloaded myself on Xfinity. You overloaded yourself in Cup. I might have just duped myself in strategy but that's where we're at so i want to tell you like i thought about taking ty gibbs two rounds ago um and i seriously think that he is in a situation where payback could happen like we've talked about payback all year for trustane everyone's like well you know when's it gonna happen it's not going to happen in the playoffs. Like no one's going to take him out in the playoffs. I think that these guys just hate this guy, like this kid. Um, and I would not be shocked. I'm so scared to take him in this format that we have when it comes to average finish, because if someone were to exact revenge, like Brandon Jones, um, then all of a sudden you're sitting with like a 26th place, you know, car here with Gibbs on the flip side. If, that fear is completely squashed and he is going for the hunt. Then you just really lucked out with your last pick being someone that could easily, I mean, he's plus 200 to win the title. He's second to win the title and you have him last. So um, for me, it's the fear of someone, you know, really taking him out. But um, I I think you're, you're sitting pretty there. So I get Ben Rhodes at the end here. And I, I, you know, wanted to just call out some stuff with Ben Rhodes. He's the, the furthest back out of all of them. He's plus 650 to win the championship. He's the current champ, but he's had a weird season. He won 
one race. It was the Bristol Dirt Race. So that's as weird as it gets. Seven top fives, 12 top tens, a, a far cry from last year uh, where he was very consistent. He pointed his way through the playoffs basically the whole time. Comp tracks, he was eighth, 12th, and 18th. Average finish 12.6, not great uh, compared to the, some of these other numbers that we're seeing from the other truck drivers. So Phoenix's last three races, he has three wins where um, and he won the title last year, not winning the race. Um, excuse me. I'm sorry. Not three wins in his last three starts. He finished third where he won the title seventh and fourth. So he's been strong at Phoenix in the championship or not in the championship, but this season for Ben Rhodes has just been really different. I started the season, uh, hammering Ben Rhodes, uh, each week. And then pretty quickly, probably around like May or June was like, okay, I got to stop that. Um, it's just not the same as the year before. So, uh, having him last, you know, Kind of to me, the same as like Barry, Ben Rhodes and and Josh Barry to me are, are kind of similar. You know, if the longer odds guys in it at the end, it'll make it fun. But uh, happy to have him on my squad though. It's the current champ. So to to give you the verbal uh, rundown here, and we will send out the graphic uh, to start. We'd like to hear what you guys think of the the rosters and where we'll finish. But my team is Zane Smith, Noah Gregson, Chris Bell. Chase Elliott, Ross Chastain, and Ben Rhodes. Derek's team is Chandler Smith, Ty Majeski, Justin Allgaier, Joey Logano, Josh Berry, and Ty Gibbs. I think these teams are strong, man. This will be a fun game to see where these guys finish. So um, thank you for doing that. You're always uh, a fun time indulging me on some of these wacky ideas. So uh, I think this one will be fun. It was a good way to kind of loop in the other series. Um, any other thoughts on these guys? No, I mean, I think uh, Friday, like, it's just going to start off the week uh, on a good foot, right? Like, so we're going to be watching a lot happening on Friday uh, with these guys. And um, it'll be interesting how the championship guys mix in with, you know, the guys that aren't fighting for uh, anything other than a win. So uh, one thing I thought about, and I know it, it is talked about a lot in the NFL, especially when we come down to, like, that final week. But is there anybody out there that you know uh, Twitter or uh, a media rep that would know anything about incentives. I don't know what kind of cup incentives or Xfinity incentives there are out there. Like in a, in the NFL, and it comes to the last week or last two weeks, we know this guy needs X amount of rushing yards or receiving yards. I wonder what would be out there, uh, if anything. Um, I, I'd be really kind of curious because it would make me kind of look at maybe some – guys that we haven't talked about and just kind of get a better idea. I don't know. I just threw that out there. It's a good question. Yeah. I mean, the, the incentive uh, stuff is definitely more known in the NFL. I don't know if it's just because their contracts are NASCAR contracts in general are kind of uh, a murky area for the fans, but if there's any place I would try J ski, um, but maybe, you know, that's something that is uh, worth, I, I could see myself, you know, being bored on a Thursday afternoon, waiting around for the Phillies game to start and uh, tweeting at like a Bob Pockers or something or, or a Jeff Gluck um, to see if they know anything about incentives and contracts. Cause that would be good to know as a gambler for sure, especially in the truck series and Xfinity series, because those guys more so have an opportunity to go and, and, you know, outduel the guys going for the championship. So good. I'm always good looking comment. for an edge, Phil. I'm always Love looking it. for an edge. Love it. Well, um, that's the 
you know, kind of end of it here, anything to wrap up with as far as bets are concerned, any of the thoughts on Phoenix or, um, you know, anything we left out? No, I think uh, when it comes to Phoenix, like we, we talked about a whole lot, I think we're going to see some really good racing. I think our handicapping strategies that we have in place uh, are, are really strong. Um, and so I'm looking forward to seeing how some of those things play out. There are a couple books that need to release their odds, matchups, props, et cetera. So I want to see a little bit more from that end before I start firing on different things. But um, yeah, really excited. I really appreciate you having me on uh, doing this as a finale again this year. You mentioned it before we did last year's finale. You and I uh, doing a podcast on your show the first time was last uh, September for Darlington. And, and to think in a short time span where we're at in 16 months. Um, so just thank you so much for all that you're doing uh, this show and, um, on, on my show, the NASCAR betting preview show. It's just, uh, it's amazing to be a part of. It's always amazing to uh, collaborate and, um, uh, yeah, I'm really looking forward to 2023. Yeah, man. Um, right back at you. Uh, you know, this is a love fest right now. It might be tough to listen to, but it has to be said, uh, Going into the reg- the off season last year was fun. You know what I mean. We we had you on a, a few times at that point. It was it was a fun time. We we met some people last year, like Chris from Flag Hunting and and Speedway Steve, those guys last year. And it was like okay, it was a fun fun season. We did some fun things this year. A year later, I'm just like blown away as to how like you have taken the the community and you know raise it up we've got many more friends now uh more people doing more things just like generating content getting more exposure for nascar gamblers um and it really is unbelievable so this offseason i'm not thinking the way i was last year where it was just like wow that was a fun time now i'm thinking like holy cow like where are we going to be next year like if, if we grew this much in a year next year with all the irons that we have in the fire, all the ideas that we have that are out there, like next year is just going to be unbelievable. So um, I hope you have a, a good off season. This goes out to everybody that's listening as well. You know, hope you have a great off season, please. If you have any ideas for, for segments or you want to come on the show, do a full tank face off or anything new, let me know. I want to keep the show fresh. I want to keep the show fun and um, just have to say thank you for, for listening to anyone out there who listens each week. Um, any guests that we had on this week or excuse me, this year, I'm super thankful for, and and you Derek uh, above all else, you know, keeping things going with, with your Twitter show and um, all the things that you do, you wheel and deal behind the scenes for, you know, the benefit of everybody else. Um, so we're, we're all grateful for that. And, um, yeah, looking forward to 2023, man. So, um, hope you have a good time at Phoenix. I know you'll, you'll let us know on, uh, Twitter, how things are going. And, um, after that, you know, have a, a good relaxing off season and holiday season coming up and get after it in the new year. So, um, yeah, appreciate you coming on and, and doing this, uh, different type of episode here to, to cap it off. I really appreciate it. Awesome. Well, thank you again, Phil. I really appreciate it. And uh, yeah, looking forward to getting after it in uh, 2023. It's going to be a lot of fun.
It really is, man. Um, I'm, I'm excited to see it. So with that, we will wrap things up. I hope everybody out there finishes the season strong. Get your bets in for Phoenix. Bet wisely. You know, listen to all the content that's out there this week. We've got the NASCAR betting preview show. We've got Lane Coin. We've got the flag hunting pod. Stay green pod. Everything in between. The NASCAR gambling podcast. All that stuff. Absorb all this content because it's going away for a few months here. Um, so get it all in and let's make some money at Phoenix. Remember, drive fast, take chances, and we'll see you next season. Have no place to go.